This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Uh, going to be a pleasure to be joined by our next guest as we start hour number yeah. two. Back to the Kansas City Barbecue Pit Hotlines, and we are joined by uh, Dr. Janelle Norman. Dr. Eric, when you talk about Dr. Think, Eric, I like that. No, <laughs> when you when you when you when you think about individuals like Abby Kelly of the abolitionist movement and Elizabeth Stanton from the suffrage movement and the women's rights leaders and the Frederick Douglasses and the Susan B. Anthony's and the Harriet Tubman's, you gotta. Include Dr. Janelle Norman's name in that list. Yeah, how, how do you how do you like being included on that list of legends, Dr. Norman? Wow, that's quite an honor. So glad you look at me like that. That's a real honor. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever told me that before. You gotta include Dr. Janelle Norman, the civil rights leader, the community leader, the uh, the 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 kind of statue of what it means to be an African American woman, or just a woman doing the work and helping people in the needs of others and lifting individuals up and putting people or standing in the gap for uh, individuals and pointing people in the right yeah. direction is Dr. Janelle Norman, man. Dr. Norman, the things happening um, in this country nowadays, the, the things that are happening to spark the outrage are, are obviously horrendous and disappointing, but do you feel inspired by some of the reaction? And, and, and I believe some of the reaction, we're still keeping it going. It, it hasn't just gone away and wait for the next one. Yes, I, you know, you can be very proud of how things have been handled. Yes, there have been some uh, disruptions, but people have pretty much remained pretty calm as we've done the uh, Black Lives Matter marches. Mm-hmm. And so we can be proud as a nation how they have overall been handled. I ask Courtney all the time, and I'm not going to say it's a perfect county, but I feel like we are. It does feel like we're all in this together around here. Like mm-hmm. we, we don't, you know, I'm not. I'm not as afraid of of uh, brutality happening or issues because we've got a police chief and a and a sheriff who have have their their grasp around this. Do do we have it a little or a lot easier maybe than than some other communities? Absolutely, because we have a sheriff and a chief mm-hmm. who are actively involved in the community. You know, it's one thing to be in those positions and you have no relationships with people. Yeah, they know who to call and how to keep things calm. They give their officers a lot of training that they need so that they will know how to deal with issues if they should arise. Uh, Courtney's been talking up. Um, we, we definitely want to make sure we talk about this this group of seven kids that, that you've got. Is this a program that you've had around for a while? Oh, the ones that got the scholarship? Is yes. That yeah, you're, oh, yeah. Yeah, there were six of them. Oh, uh, sorry. What are we talking about? Which one? Yep, the six. The six. Okay, the six. Okay, so... Yes, this program is called Juvenile Redeploy Illinois, and it it used to be called Community Access in this community, uh, but it's been around for for sure over 13 years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Is it a select few, or is it kids qualify? I mean, how do you, how do you find the kids? Uh, they go through the court system. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is there a certain number of them that you, you try to find, or is it however many are, are eligible, then you, you try to help them all through? Well, the people that are over the program or who have received the grant okay. would be mental health board, uh, mental health board, and so there is criteria that they must uh, have before they are actually uh, can come into the program. Mm-hmm. And when they come to the part that I do, there are several service providers. So when they come to where I am, they have actually gone through what they call a phase three, so that they are ready for it and. 
the part that I do, we're pretty much on the principles of restorative justice, and we help them to understand the harm that they've done to themselves, to the family, and to the community, and if there is a victim, to the victim also, so that they not only learn about the harm that they've done, but then how do you repair that harm? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Doc, you've been dealing, you've been uh, working with dealing with a young misguided youth and, 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 and promising youth at the same time. But has there ever been a moment uh, where you've just felt extremely uh, pleased and your heart was, you know, kind of you had that butterfly kind of effect um, when when in that moment where uh, Howard just said, you know what, these kids graduated. I'm going to pay for I'm going to pay for your college if you uh, can get through high school. Has there ever been moments like that in your life? Other moments like that? Some, but this one was the greatest. I mean, Mr. Buffett came to our culminating activity for our summer program, and we had over 45 people in a small space, unfortunately, because we originally had been told that 13 would be coming, but 45 Mm -hmm. plus showed up. Mm. And part of what we have them to do is talk about all the different things that they have done over the summer in the cultural awareness program. And you could just, there was just a different feeling in the room than what we normally do. Right. When we have culminating activities. And it was, listen, when Mr. Buffett announced that, I was standing near the door with my daughter. And she mm-hmm. said, you are about to cry. <laughs> Amen. It was that kind of moment. I mean, to give them an opportunity that they will never, ever have in right. their lives again. That was the moment. I mean, it's just, it was like a, well, it was God sent. Is it moments like these or like that one that allow you to do this work? Because you've been doing this work for quite a long time. And I mean, you've been insp- in, uh, instrumental and inspirational in my own life. I mean, you, you taught me how to read. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You, you, you were my teacher before, right? Yeah. So is are those the moments that keep you in this fight for a healthy education for everyone? Is that and, and, and to, yeah. that keeps you in the fight in this community, keeps you in the fight for voters rights. And, and is that is that the is that what cre- moves you yeah. for the most part? It's those moments. It is that, exactly those moments. In fact, out of Richmond Community College, we did a program called College Futures. Mm-hmm. And what we did in that program was motivate minority students to enter higher education. And when we first made the announcement. It was like an explosion in this community, went all the way up to Canada. How dare she talk Mm -hmm. about motivating? They should be motivated themselves. But no, they were not, because when we look at the statistics from each high school, there were about, they only had records of maybe three to four minority students going on to college. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that this town, you know, you can get a good job, or once upon a time, you could get a really good job. And you could probably make as much money as some people who had gotten their higher education. Sure. But for these kids to be, some of them are really smart. Some of them need a lot of help. But I'm proud to say that through the years, we had over 85% of those kids who did go to college. Mm. And some of them, many of them are still in this community. Amen. Yeah, and that's helping. Right. That's paying it forward a little bit. We, you know, I, I don't think any... You know, for the most part, no, no two roads are the same. No, no, no two paths are the same to get to where we are. But the majority of, of the problems that we might see with the youth is it is it is it guidance at home? Is that the first problem? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and is that is that your fight now? You know, getting involved younger and younger, you you can you can get kids on the right track. You know, 
that that's that's the beginning. That is the beginning. There are a lot of influences. Yeah. For example, the home is just one influence, and we have the friends who are influencing. So it goes around in a circle in terms of if you're not in the right place with the right people, you will not get the right influence that you need. And that's mm. what we see happening in this community right now. You know, being a gangbanger is a big deal. That's what you want to be. You want to be a gangbanger. You want to be the head of a gang. But I think we need to start early on helping them to understand what they need to do to have a wholesome life and to have a successful life. And we can't start too young. We have to start as young as we can reach them, as young as they can understand what we're trying to teach them. Yeah. Um, Are we seeing home lives getting better, getting worse? Statistically? I think think they're getting worse in Uh, some instances. And it's only because uh, families are suffering, you know, when Mm -hmm. it comes to just being able to put food on the table. Yeah. When you have to go to work and yet you have to get somebody to watch your kids. And sometimes you have to go to work and you have to rely on your oldest child to do the watching of the children. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of other problems that are existing in the community that will help to create what we're seeing now with the shootings and all that stuff. And, you know, there are a lot of different reasons that I've been told why we even have the shooting, why kids are shooting, everything from shooting over a woman to just doing it just to be doing it. Dr. Norman, how do you talk to, uh, you know, like, I'll just say the white community um, mm-hmm. who who are very, you know, there's a, there's a, I think a very large chunk that are very supportive of, 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 of hating hate and, and wanting to end racism and the Black Lives Matter movement, how, however they want to define that they want to support it, but they don't know how to help necessarily the right way. How, how do you tell people that, that might not, know, they didn't grow up, they don't understand, they don't understand what's really happening here in the community in some mm-hmm. neighborhoods. They, they don't know mm-hmm. just how bad it is. They don't see what police see. They also want to support the police, which I think you do as well. You've already kind of stated that you support, you know, our, our law enforcement. So mm-hmm. how, how, how would you tell somebody that just really doesn't know what and how to do to, how can they help? Well, I think they can help by first trying to understand the different cultures that we have in this community mm-hmm. okay? and, and understanding that people will respond to you in a different way. Once upon a time in this community, we used to have uh, race group discussions. You don't see too much of that going on now, but that's what needs to come back so that I can understand the white culture better and they can understand the black culture better. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we have the right people talking to each other. Yeah, right, right. People who are willing to understand a different individual who lives way on the other side of town where you you will have absolutely no contact with that person. And that's what I loved about Carolyn Wagner. Carolyn Wagner worked really hard and put up those signs racism not in our town. Now, some people misunderstood what that meant. What she meant was we need to come together and talk about it. Not that there's no racism in the town, and that's how people started interpreting that, but let's sit down and have those discussions so that we can better understand each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they... As time has gone on, you right. needed to probably explain, you know, the, the signs, you know, right. we're going to we're going to band together and fight that, you know, we mm-hmm. want we don't want there to be racism in our town. It doesn't mean it's not going to exist because it's going to exist everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it's hard to eliminate hate. Right. Hey, Dr. Well, Nor- it's because oh, you grow up with it. You, you, <laughs> right. Sometimes you just grow up with it in your home where you are not to like a person just because the color of the skin. That, yeah, and that's unbelievable that that happens, and it still happens. Yeah, definitely. Dr. Norman, what advice would you give to progressive activists, especially in 2020, who are hungry to do something, but they're not 
sure uh, about what to do for the most part. Okay. I would suggest that they try to have a connection with a pastor, Mm -hmm. African-American pastor, try to have a connection with some of these African-American groups. We've got sororities and fraternities in this town. We've got the NAACP. And one of the things that the Decatur Advantage 1 or 2 did that I thought was just brilliant, and that was uh, on one Saturday morning, they had people lined up. At, in four corners of the community. And then at a certain time, there was a kickoff where we walked to Central Park. And the idea was you were to talk to somebody who didn't look like you and try to form a relationship. And out of that, I did. I, I was able to get a real good relationship mm-hmm. with the person. So those type of community activities would be inspirational as well because you will not be in a non, uh, you'll be in a non-threatening environment. So I would say try to connect up, even at work, if you're working with an African-American, talk to that African-American, see what they know, what can they do to help you get that understanding of what it's like really to be black. That's Mm. what we're talking about. What is it it like in this community to be black? And I will admit there are a lot of people who are upset because of the racism and the discrimination and just how they're treated. Friend was at the stop sign the other day window was down what did what did she get called the n-word mm-hmm. for what reason you don't even know her yeah yeah just to just to get reactions out of people but there's nothing worse to call somebody right you know you know there's there's road rage there's whatever reason mm-hmm. you, you yell anything at somebody and then there's the the line of of a term that that is the most just you know horrendous thing to call somebody. At, I think out of anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. anything worse you can ever call a human being if you know the history of what what it is. And I think people just have such a I don't know if it's a need or a spot that they need to feel better about themselves, a selfishness mm-hmm. to hurt that person if you can. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and unfortunately, if if you're if you're African American, that's the word. I mean, that's the thing. And, and that is the word. Mm-hmm. But but they'd call you know they'd find something for anybody. You know, I think somebody that's just derived from hate. It's mm-hmm. it's uh it's terrifying that people come up that way. And you just you know, people preach it, Courtney preach it, love one another. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to make people believe it because they haven't been taught to love that way. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I can remember an incident even in the classroom and I was having I was uh having a conference with a student and every time it looked like my hand was even getting near her, she would inch away. She would flinch. Hmm. really uptight about it. And uh, in the end, I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, I just don't like the N-word. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so you know what I did? I actually got a white assistant to work with her. Hmm. Because that's the type of anxiety that she was experiencing just being near somebody like me, being the color that I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how, and I've said this to a lot of people of color, I don't know how you deal with it. Man, I would have gone off the hinges a long time ago, but maybe that's that's an understanding of, of history that, but <laughs> and a privilege that I've had. Right. That you can't. You can't go off the hinges. You can't give up. You've got mm-hmm. to hope that, that those that come after you have got a better life. Mm-hmm. I like the way I like her tactic in that moment and what she just described. Because I'd have gave up no on matter that what, she still was able to bring out the best in that child. I'd have kicked that desk over. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, like, I, I, your patience is unbelievable. I mean, 
and I don't even really understand what it's like to be called the worst possible thing on the planet. Uh, but it just it just ticks me off to hear it that other people have to experience it. Uh, Dr. Norman, do you do you, you know I don't necessarily hear it promoted a lot, but do you promote people to join the NAACP regularly? I looked it up around you know a, a few months ago and was and thought I don't know is that a good thing to to promote to you know get money into yes, the system? We're always looking for membership. That's that's our goal to build our membership because the more soldiers we can put out on the field to do the work for us. Yeah. So, yes, uh, we encourage people to, to – in fact, we have a membership drive usually, but we haven't had one this year yet. Mm-hmm. But, yes, we do membership drives so that we ask people to come and join. And of late, we've had people just join through our national office. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I did. That's what I did. Oh, I you just, did that too? I okay. did, I did. I, I, I didn't know what the next step was. <laughs> but, but I mean, and I got, I've got some literature in the mail and stuff to, mm-hmm. to read up on, but it's like, but I, I guess, I, I think you need to kind of reach out to, I know there's like two or three, but I didn't know what was the right one, where, what you're affiliated with, like the local chapters? Yes, the local. You, you, if you, when you fill out the form, you put the, the local organization, and what they will do is send oh, okay. the membership to the local. Gotcha. Membership card. Mm-hmm. So, how long ago did you join? Uh, it was when 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 did when did we hit the peak of of uh? Of, it was right around the time that we were having the marches in town. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I was like, just try oh. to find something to do. And right. I guess June, maybe. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. May or June. Did you put down that you were a Decatur? I did, but I think I may have just randomly picked one. <laughs> or maybe no, maybe I picked the, maybe I picked the Richland one because there was one that said Richland on it, right? Yeah, but they aren't active anymore. Okay, yeah, okay, then not. that's why I haven't heard anything else back. So I think well, they should, they should. I tell you what, I will call in Monday and try to find out about your membership. How about that? Yeah, I appreciate. It. I have gotten stuff from the national office, but I just uh, didn't know what the next step was to do. So just okay. I, you know, that was just me trying to find something that a white community can do. You know, that's right. find that's ways to we'll help us do some of this work. That'd be great for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, we bring Courtney on and we talk about race regularly because t- I, yeah, it, one thing I, that I learned even before the pandemic was that we just talk more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it make it less uncomfortable for people to worry about. You're not going to offend somebody if you're honestly trying to learn. Mm-hmm. That's uh, right. That's right. I can understand. And shouldn't be offended that you are asking questions or you have a need to know. Yeah. But uh, but make sure they're not tired of getting questions that day. Don't just be a question monster. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Norman, it's uh, it's great to talk to you, and I, I think well, we can. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the, the opportunity. Reach out anytime to Courtney. You got something you want to promote? You know, no matter what's happening, I, you you you're involved in a lot of things, and they're all positive. So we want to help you promote Amen. all of them. Well, thank you so much. I will do that. Dr. Norman, I'll before you go, you know oh, I'll bug you. Hey, before you go, I got a question for you. This uh-huh. uh, this is a more funnier question. Is spaghetti a side or a main dish? Come on now. Well, it just depends. <laughs> For us, it's a main dish, especially if you put some meatballs in it, right? <laughs> we, see, we do ask a guy. If you've always wanted to ask a white guy or ask a black guy, we do this back and forth. Right. But we found out in Italy, it is a side dish. It's a side dish. It's a side hmm. dish. Yeah. But, but I tell you what, the amount of spaghetti and dinner only dinners I've had... I came up in a White House. <laughs> you know what would have been great? Chicken and fish. We're going to have to help him. We're going to have to help him. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. If you just look at me, you know I didn't need to eat anymore. You'd have thrown some chicken or fish down. We'd have gone to town. Dr. Norma, great talking. Thank you so much, Doc. We'll do it again. Appreciate you.
You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.